At the end of each week, I will sit and contemplate, what did I think about this week? What insights am I having in my marriage? What grabbed my attention in pop culture? What new mommy moments did I experience? Whatever makes my highlight reel at the end of the week is going to be a part of the discussion. Join me. Let's talk about it. Yo, welcome back to the first episode of 2019 of What Did I Think About This Week? It is your host, Janine, aka Nina, aka the girl with the popless podcast ever in life. JK kidding. I hope you do think that though. And I do appreciate everyone for checking back in with me yet again. I hope everyone had a fantabulous new year. I hope that we are getting to our New Year's resolutions. I heard Club LA Fitness is popping. You know, probably won't settle down until probably February. But if you're really in there, get into that New Year's body, kudos to you. I have not hit it up yet, but I have been eating better. If you've been checking out my Instagram, you see that we're doing the smoothies, health is wealth. So, yeah, I encourage all of that good stuff. So we're just going to hop right into this week's episode. I haven't talked to you or I've been posting episodes, but I haven't done anything new in about two weeks. There's a lot to talk about. So before we jump into our new topics of the week, I have a group of guests, not a group. We're like a trio. We are 3LW tonight, all right? So we'll do a couple of brief introductions. So first and foremost, you know her. She's been on a couple of episodes. My best friend, Ariel. Woo-woo. Woo! In the house. Welcome back. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. And new to the podcast, but not necessarily new because I've mentioned her in a few of my episodes. My sister, Boo, my sister-in-law, drop the in-law, just my sister, Miss Ariel. How you guys doing? Yeah. I feel like I need an A name. I feel kind of left out. Ariel and Ariel. April, remember? April. See? Oh, yes. I'm April, guys. (laughs) My, like, alter ego is is, is April, right? My mom was going to name me April, but then my dad was like, nah, fuck that. And was like, I'm going to name her Janine. But my alter ego could be April. You're right. So I am an A in spirit. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So how has your new year been going to both of you? Not too shabby. Just trying to, you know, secure what is mine in 2019. Securing the bag. Just a little bit, you know. Yes, we taking over. No, no asking, we taking. That's yeah, absolutely. Before we hit record, we were um, on the topic of supporting Black businesses, all two K nineteen. Ariel, you are my ganja snob. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, I've always kind of or have promoted that and have been like, hey, you need an edible. Holla at the ganja snob. Right, right. So, yes, so lots of promotions going on this year. Yes. Uh, I got a pop up shop actually on the 19th. Hey. So, yeah, well, I'll be starting to promote for that actually tomorrow. Yeah. So, for those who don't know, give us a little rundown of what your menu typically looks like. What do you like to make with your edibles? Um, I do sweet and savory, so I can mm. do anything from Rice Krispie Treats to pesto to mm. chicken to lasagna, back to cookies, mm. shit if you want a cake, cupcakes, <laughs> I'm the chick for that. The fact that I've, I could have a three-course meal and it all have weed in it provided by one source like bread, efficiency. Mm, damn real. <laughs> I like it, I like it. So where do you see Ganja Snob going in 2019? Um, we're going to do a couple of wellness retreats, going to get mm. CBD action, okay. yes. Yes. big shit going on, yeah, I nice. need a piece of that cannabis action for sure. Oh, I like it, I like it, I like it. investor, let me know. Oh, yes, <laughs> okay. yes, most definitely. I love it. And so, aside from your ganja snob, you're also a podcaster, just like Absolutely. me. Absolutely. 
and tell the folks a little bit about your podcast. Okay, so I do have a podcast called Check Please. Um, going back to the mental wellness, uh, I believe like that's my own take on mental wellness initiative, just basically promoting uh, healthier thoughts, healthier ideas. Um, if you're in a place of just stagnation in any way, shape, or form, I just like to provide tips and reminders on what you can do to just get out of that or just continue to progress if you're not in that place. Nice. And guys, just so you know, it does sound like it's soft and warm, the quiet storm with Ariel. I just hit that note, y'all. Y'all heard it, right? But that's definitely what it sounds like. I'm like, oh, I can't listen to this right now. I need to be inside of a bubble bath, like deep breathing and just really feeling like I'm about to in a state of meditation, really trying to get my mind right. So just letting y'all know the type of vibes yes, Ariel brings. Yes, positive vibes all day. Yeah. So make sure y'all check out Check Please by Ariel Clark, available on all podcast p- platforms. Yes, that's correct. All right, cool beans. And the bestie Ariel <laughs> is also getting into her black business bag this year. Woo-woo. Black vibes worldwide. Tell yes. the people a little bit more about your travel page. Well, basically, I'm starting off right now. It's just basically me showcasing the places I've been, the things I've experienced. But in the future, I really want to encourage and influence young black people, men and women, to get out there and see the world, man. It's huge. And it'll definitely humble you, honestly. Yeah. Uh, whatever, all this BS that's happening in the U.S. when you go <laughs> outside of it. It's not what you see on TV. It's not what you would have thought. It's right. like, it's great. It's a whole new world. Oh, you oh. like that plug? You like that plug? Oh. And the, so, I love it, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and the amazing thing about Ariel, too, is that with the Black vibes worldwide i know you eventually want to kind of become like a travel agent low-key to help people facilitate these travels yeah and she's going to do it in a way that it's not breaking your pockets but you're going to be able to really experience some stuff and i think that that's why a lot of us don't look into travel because Mm -hmm. we think it's going to be this big like payout yeah but really you can do it in a way to where it's cost efficient but Mm -hmm. you're getting to see the world right planning as long as you plan it you can do it yeah so if you need um travel plans (laughs) travel assistance ideas arrow has been flued the fuck out pretty much everywhere (laughs) hit her up man so black vibes world world black vibes worldwide that's on instagram facebook Instagram, Facebook coming as well as the website, but it's coming very soon within like the next month or so. Awesome. So check out. Guys, this is like girl power right now. We're sitting around yes. promoting our businesses, sipping on wine or whatever. This is great. Oh my God. All right. So before we get into pop culture and what's going on, it's a whole lot of shit, a whole lot of gang shit. Before we get into that, a brief word from our sponsors. Shout out to the sponsors for supporting another episode of What I Think About This Week. So, on to pop culture. We're going to start with some positive stuff, then we're going to get into some bullshit. <laughs> so, first and foremost, Marseille Martin, aka Diane from Blackish, is going to be the youngest black and female um, pr- executive producer, mm-hmm. executive producer in Hollywood. Shout out to you, girlfriend. Mm-hmm. This is like black girl magic. Yes. And not to mention, so it's going to be a movie that she pitched called Little, mm-hmm. starring herself, Issa Rae, and Regina Hall. That's mm-hmm. like the trifecta right yeah. there for me. Yeah. And, and, and it looks so good and it mm-hmm. looks funny and I genuinely want to see it. And the fact that she's only 14 and she pitched this idea and is able to really like have an executive role on yeah. that whole mm-hmm. film mm-hmm. is monumental. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for you sure. She had the idea at 10. So this is nice. Like, so it's like years in the making. Yeah. 
And like we, me and Jude are late to Blackish. We really just started binge watching it on Hulu. And I think we were like just sleep on it because we've been so caught up inside of our HBO and star shows. We're mm-hmm. like a primetime a primetime TV show is not going to be entertaining, but it's funny, funny mm-hmm. and they drop gems. Yeah. And it's a really, really good show. And we always say Diane's the best one out of the kids. <laughs> like, and she, like, like, Jews are like, yeah, and she has a future. And obviously she does. Yeah. Like, yes. this is definitely the arena that she needs to be in. Yeah. Absolutely. I was hesitant with Blackish because I was like, yeah. Name. I was like, bruh. But it's I'm really good. I was trying to watch something called Blackish. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was like the Fresh Off the Boat show. Like, yeah. I was like, I don't know if I'm watching that show. It's hilarious. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. And yeah, no, they definitely I do like blackish. Oh, like, like now blackish. that they have the spin-off girlish, I was like, oh, oh my god, so good. That was my next so question. Good. Do y'all watch Grownish? I haven't yeah, seen it. I do. I sure do. Do we so love it? If it's on Hulu, I'm gonna start binge watching that it next. Is, but um so good. yeah, you should watch it. I was pleasantly surprised to really give Blackish a chance and it's yeah. it's actually fun. Dion Cole is like a fan favorite for, for yes. me. And he low-key fine. It was a it was a scene <laughs> where he was like he was trying to court Amber Rose and he was inside of the mirror looking at himself like, oh, like I messed up. And he had like a six pack and his pecs was all like, I was like, okay, Dion Cole, I see you. <laughs> Wish a little Jerry Curl. I fucks with it. All right. So shout out to Marseille. Also, um, side note, I had to look up Conan YouTube videos when he was interviewing her to find out the proper way to say her name because I did not know how I was going to approach that. Right. Marseille, Marseille, but it's Marseille. So shout out to her moving right along to fem- to girl power Centonia Centonia yes. Centonia Brown receives clemency yes. which is amazing mm-hmm. I was kind of introduced to the situation like I had been hearing about it but Ariel and my other guests on the previous episode kind of informed me about the case and what was going on but anyway she received clemency which means that she's free August 7th yes. of this year and then yes. she gets 10 years probation how do we feel about that I'm, I'm here for it's a it. Step in the right direction. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. I think it should be sooner, but you know, whatever. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> At Bobby least it's something. Age 51. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it. What do you think that her rehabilitation into normal society is going to be like? You think they're going to just be giving her jobs or she's going to kind of live inside of the spotlight and the fame for like a couple minutes and then have I to struggle? It's going to be a little spotlight. Mm-hmm. I think people are going to pay her for, you know, her time mm-hmm. to really Talk just expand and... on her story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is necessary because mm-hmm. she was a kid when she went to jail, so she really doesn't even know what it's like to live in society as an adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's a whole different ballgame now. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's very true. Well, hopefully that opens up um, more cases for women in similar situations because mm-hmm. uh, just from what I'm reading about her situation, a lot of women have gone through similar situations and they're in jail or yeah, I'm sorry, prison. Not mm-hmm. unique. Yeah. yeah. So sad situation, but happy situation for Miss Brown. Shout out to you. All right. So on to the bullshit. Um, <laughs> cause what is life without a little bit of positivity and bullshit? So let's talk about Tiffany Haddish. Um, Tiffany Haddish is a two part thing. So first thing that we can talk about is she was kind of beefing with Peter, and I don't think <laughs> that it was anything that Peter said directly to her. I think it was some people kind of popping off in the comments and they mentioned Peter cause she was on Instagram with a fur vest on. And she made a comment to the effect of, I'll stop wearing fur when cops stop killing black people. Mm -hmm. And so now it's the issue of how dare she, because PETA is for the embitterment of animals, blah, 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 blah. But for me personally, I can see why she said it. Mm -hmm. What are y'all thoughts on it? 
Ooh. The way Ariel just looked at Ariel, <laughs> like she's like, I'm, I'm let you go first, and I'm gonna just open this wide the fuck open. <laughs> uh, I didn't hear much about it, but from the little that I do know, it's crazy that people really value animals over human life. Mm. Period. So like that just that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of baffling. Um, yeah. I mean, I saw the video where she basically was like, "Yeah, Peter, uh, blame the police. You know, don't blame me. This rabbit's cute. You know, it is what it is." But <laughs> this rabbit's cute. I, I, I can I can understand her stance. I don't know if necessarily wearing fur every day is going to be the resolve because Peter yeah. is like, you know, one stop shop for that whole campaign mm-hmm. as far as you know human rights versus uh animal rights they're all animal rights so mm-hmm. i mean i get it but it's it's a it's a beginning to i guess open up the conversation for that type of an issue yeah. because they do value animal life so much and mm-hmm. people love their dogs and all that stuff and we love dogs don't get that wrong don't right I, right I, I, I love stormy yeah yes we love stormy but what I'm saying is, you know, over human life, like, let's be real. Yeah. It's not the same equivalent at all. So. Absolutely. And that was my thing. Like, I am one, like I don't like when people try to make a false equivalency when it mm-hmm. comes to arguments. And But I do understand the fact of, like, people are mad quick to call humane services if they see a dog outside chained mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Or you will get some serious animal cruelty fines yes. and there's no questions asked and they're advocating for animal rights but Mm -hmm. let a black person get shot it's like questions it's like the 21 question game oh Mm -hmm. well um why didn't he comply what did he look like like? you know why didn't he do this or why was he outside at that time of night point blank period he didn't deserve to die and the fact that you know it does seem like people have more compassion for an animal than they do another human being is a problem. And I can understand why Tiffany said that to kind of raise awareness for that issue, even though wearing fur has nothing to do with that. (laughs) But I can understand why she's mentioned it because we all know because PETA's attached to it, there's going to be a lot of eyes on it. So I get it, Tiffany. Now, what I'm not going to condone is you showing up to a show not prepared. So that was another thing. She had a stand-up special or a stand-up show on New Year's and bombed pretty much just what it appeared to be just not prepared. And I know for me as a consumer, two things I don't like paying or two things I don't like paying money for food that I don't enjoy and paying for a service that is not enjoyable. Yes. So could you imagine going to go see Tiffany Haddish because like we all love Tiffany Mm -hmm. we think that she's like like her story is amazing going to go see Tiffany and she just bombs so I wasted money and you're unapologetic about it at the time right 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 and I don't know if if she was drunk on stage do we know if she was drunk on stage or she yeah I don't know but she was just kind of like oh I messed up it is what it is and then you just see people walking out right I know that she later made a tweet or a public apology saying that it would never happen again so my real question is, did y'all ever really feel like Tiffany Haddish was hilarious? No. Okay, me neither. I never knew she even did stand up. See, that's a problem. I just knew. I mean, because I guess I should have known. Yeah. Because she was a comedian. So yeah. how else would she be a comedian? <laughs> <laughs> right. But it just never, I never envisioned her on stage doing right. a 20 minute, 25, whatever type of set and like Kevin Hart has been doing. Right. right. So it's just right. I didn't put them together until yeah. I was like, huh. That's what she's, she's a stand-up comedian. Yeah. I think that this is a testament to these days, 
we don't so much look at the talent. We like people's story, right? Absolutely. She has an amazing story. And like you feel for her, you want to see her win just based off of so much that she's overcome. Yes. Uh, But when it comes to entertainment, like your story is cool, but I'm going to need you to have some kind of talent behind that. Yeah. It sounds like she's a comedian. She's just not a stand-up comedian. Right. So you, right. you, you could be funny in a movie, show, exactly. whatever. Right. But if you can't hold people's attention and make them laugh for right. whatever amount of minutes, right. then you're not a stand-up. And right. that's a whole different right. genre in a sense. Exactly. Especially if you can't do it on the spot. Because mm-hmm. the thing is, if she wasn't prepared, improv. If you can't yeah. improv, then yeah. You probably shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Per, perhaps um, stand-up comedy was her stepping stone to become a comedic actress at the mm-hmm. end of the day because she did very well in Girls Trip, yeah. you know? Yeah, and even though she didn't write those lines, she was able to bring those lines to life and mm-hmm. we l- liked that character. Right. So, you know, I think, um, you know, and I'm no expert, but I think mm-hmm. maybe she should be more focused on getting some movie roles and leave the stand-up shit alone. Unless you're, like, hosting a stand-up special or something. Right. don't have a whole... St- 90 minutes set to yeah. yourself right right yeah. and if you do be fucking prepared that too <laughs> and then too you know um stand-up comics talk about the fact that you're gonna bomb eventually anyway mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. maybe this was just her moment to bomb to learn from it to come back harder right. um it's just a little more mm, it's just worse because now there's social media and now yeah. it's being exposed a little bit more yeah. so she I don't know. has that notoriety so yeah. it's not like she's up and coming she's right mm-hmm. there right yeah. so yeah. then that's the thing so can 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 we give her a pass because it just may be amplified because of the social media or do we not give her a pass because she already has the notoriety and she should know don't come unless you are prepared mm, i mean because i wasn't there i'm giving her a pass i mean it is Giving so I think vomit out just make sure it's not a regular occurrence. <laughs> <laughs> but if you do, people are going to be more hesitant to book her. As no, a yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, mm-hmm. she's still be appearing in movies and stuff, mm-hmm. and people are still going to go and see the shit. Yeah. So yep. that part I feel like is okay. But people are just going to be hesitant, like, mm, should we book her during this comedic group that we have? Right. Yeah. Maybe not. But. Right. I see her in a lineup of people like when she was on um, Def Comedy Jam, mm-hmm. when she was on their 50th anniversary, was it the 50th anniversary? When oh, she's, yeah, yeah. yeah. So when she's in a space where she just has like to do maybe like 10, 15 minutes, Short, she's yeah. great. Yeah. But as a headliner to have her own show, she still needs some work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I like stand-up comedy, so I'm going to need you to come c- correct. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I can go see you and not feel like we wasted our money. Yeah. Yep. Pretty much. And everybody takes a sip of their wine. Moving right <laughs> along. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about Sin Santana. For those who do not know, Sin Santana is the baby's mama slash fiance to Joe Budden of the Joe Budden podcast. They are on Love & Hip Hop New York. She was on Love & Hip Hop New York previously because she was dating Erica Mena, who is now engaged to Safari. The shit is deep, but I'm not going to go all the way. So, um, yeah, so, uh, Sin. Um, that is clean, clean. That's a whole <laughs> yeah. other That's a whole other story. But, so, Sin Santana is under some heat recently due to a um, Angela Yee lip service episode that resurfaced. This episode is old. Um, and she basically says something along the lines of, you know, black men come to date latina women because black women have attitudes and i think she said it in a joking way but at the end of the day um is is still a mouthful 
So from two black women <laughs> sitting at my table, uh, how do you feel about comments such as these? I mean, I'll say it like this. She's entitled to her opinion. Yeah. Um, I really don't have too much of a differentiation, to be completely honest, between like a Latina woman mm-hmm. and black women. We all women of color. Um, we all have our own you know, stipulations that come with that. Um, I definitely think that it was a little uh, on the insensitive side just mm-hmm. because it's hard for her as a Latina woman to be speaking on behalf of all black women, you know, in that regard, especially from an at, from a standpoint of having an attitude. Um, I mean, there's a lot that goes with that. And then it's like, it's hard to, it's almost like calling the kettle black in that regard too, because there are a lot of Latina women who, you know, they got... They got their shit with them too. So Crazy. my mother, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, Love it deaf, the mouth. I'm up north. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, no. Just say I'm New York Hispanic, so I don't even understand how she can say that, but right. like I'm with her, you know, teach his own, but I don't think it's a good statement and no. It was insensitive, it as was. she said. And me coming from a Latina woman, my mother is <laughs> from Venezuela. Um, you know, I know, like like Aria said, I don't know. I think it's funny to say that when Latinas are known for being feisty, for having a lot of mouth, for being ready to pop off. So it, does that not equal attitude? Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? But I also feel like um, since saying that she's mad young, she said it in a playful way as young women we've all said some reckless shit before um we just have to be more careful when we're on public platforms like that Mm -hmm. but i also don't know if i fully blame sin because i feel like this could she she could be regurgitating things that black men have told her right because i feel like and this just could be me i don't know i feel like it was only until recently where black men were publicly showing their admiration for black women for a long time it was cool to be dating uh um um, a exotic woman yeah. or to be dating mixed girls or yeah. whatever yeah. so she's predominantly dated black dudes and they could be telling her yeah you know i like spanish women because of xyz exactly. it may not necessarily be something she feels but this is what she's been told and right. she can only go based off of what she's told exactly. you know exactly. so i think that that's another conversation like mm-hmm. as black men don't go to these other bitches being like oh you know black women be a da 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 because right. that's not okay right yeah. right then, like, saying, like, you're black, too. So, But that's another conversation. <laughs> exactly. Like, your hair is just as nappy. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So, um, shout out to Sin. Hopefully, they don't crucify her too much. You know, we got to... I don't know. I feel like all of this pulling up interviews and tweets and all this stuff from years ago and wanting to crucify people for it now yes. is really whack. Like, allow people to evolve and grow exactly that's that's how i feel if 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 she still feels that way today we kind of whack considering your husband is black and he has a black m- mother should probably be careful right. running your mouth in such a way exactly. but I don't, I don't i don't think that she had any ill will when she said it she was just said it to be funny exactly some shit so if you were the, if you're the same person you were in 2010 then i mean that sucks for you <laughs> Suck, sucks for you i'm gonna need you to grow up right all right so um last but not least r kelly r kells the pied piper of Mm -hmm. r&b so um this is (laughs) so um ariel just watched 
episode one and six. She was like, I, I, I just need to see the beginning and the end. All that metal shit I need. But um, I wanted to talk about this because it wouldn't be right if we didn't, right? And I was kind of nervous about bringing it up now because as a podcaster, I kind of wanted, I felt like I should have brought it up or had the conversation when the docuseries first dropped. And the docuseries I'm talking about, of course, is Surviving R. Kelly on Lifetime. So as a so as a podcaster, I'm like, I should have said something when the docuseries first dropped just because of the culture we're in. People want to want their news now and they want to like talk about it while it's fresh. But this situation, this dilemma, this topic, this tragedy is definitely something that deserves time for us to fully digest, for us to look at the big picture and for us to really soul search a little bit to figure out what our stance is, because it's bigger than just R. Kelly. Uh, that's what we're focusing on at this point, but there's a lot of other underlining issues within his story that we need to address. Yep. So first I want to talk about what my stance was, and then we can talk about Miss Ariel's stance, which um, she had a really great response that she posted on Facebook that really opened my eyes and saw it a little differently. But we're just going to talk about how I felt initially, and then we'll kind of go from there. So truth be told, I'm still working through it. It's a, it's, it's a lot to take in. I think that we grew up knowing that R. Kelly married Aaliyah and we saw the Dave Chappelle show where he was talking about peeing on you and like the boondocks. So it's almost like we've been desensitized to the situation. Ariel, it's not funny. No, I'm joking. It's funny. You know, so we've been desensitized to the situation. And um, I don't know. I feel like something I struggle with is it's hard for me to find empathy in the situation if I haven't personally gone through it, right? So when I was first hearing about the docuseries coming out, I'm like, those girls wanted to be there and they're grown enough to know what's going on, et cetera, et cetera. And it's hard for me to find empathy for a 17, 16, 18 year old girl who's in that situation because in my mind, she should know better. And I just take it from my personal experience. Like I was 17 talking to, I don't know, old dude was like 22, 23, maybe. I don't know, Ariel, you know what I'm talking about. Like, like, like 22, 23-ish. And I knew better. Like everybody around me was like, you probably shouldn't be talking to old dude. Like he's, he's, he's grown. Um, I remember asking him if he was going to take me to prom. He was like, what does my grown ass look like showing up to prom? So you knew (laughs) that it was obviously weird. I knew that I couldn't bring it to my father. Like, let my father have really found out that I was talking to a 22, 23-year-old dude. It would have been over for everybody on that block. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So at the end of the day, I knew better, but I still made the decision to talk to him because it was cool to talk to an older guy. You think he's going to put you on stuff, et cetera, et cetera. And in retrospect, you realize like, hey, probably was kind of weird. You probably shouldn't have been talking to that guy. The fact that he wasn't just talking to me, he was quote unquote cheating on me with other girls in high school. The fact that you're grown and you can't pursue or woo women inside (laughs) of your own age group and you choose to talk to younger girls because they are more impressionable. Mm Shame, sh- shame on you. Yeah. But I didn't feel the need to be like, oh, surviving old boy. I'm not gonna say his name. <laughs> I, I, I took responsibility in the fact that I knew better, but I did it anyway. Mm-hmm. So that's, so that's kind of what I was putting on these other girls. And I think that, first of all, let me just say, guys, I'm not defending R. Kelly 
at the end of the day, R. R Kelly is nasty. He's sick. He's a grown man. There's no reason why you should have attractions, whether it be whatever, any kind of attraction to a younger girl is sick. It's nasty. Regardless of whatever sexual fetishes you have, pissing on a 14-year-old girl is out of fucking pocket, period, point blank. So I'm not defending R. Kelly. He's wrong, and he's going to have to pay for that in some way, shape, or form, even if they don't do it in a legal justice way. He's Mm -hmm. going to have to pay for that. My whole stance has been, I just need everybody involved in the situation to take responsibility in their role for it. Mm -hmm. As a 16, 17-year-old girl, a lot of the stories was like, oh... You know, I wanted to dance or I wanted to be a singer. Mm -hmm. And he told me he would be able to do X, Y, Z. I'm sorry. There's not a dream that I have so much where I would sell pussy for. Right. Or, or, or allow a man to manipulate me or to abuse me to make you feel uncomfortable and to continuously go back right right because he's taking you under his wing because he's taking like i i just can't fathom that there has to oh i'm sorry do you want me to do what with my mouth where to do what i'm good i'll just go find it elsewhere (laughs) i'm good so it's hard for me to fathom that but then it gets deeper and i realize a lot of women or not all women i'm not gonna say a lot not all women have the mental capacity to get up out of a situation Absolutely. and the, especially if they don't see nothing wrong with it especially right. nothing wrong with it right <laughs> right and so um they call r kelly I, I would say he gets the label of predator because he he surveys a room of women he asks certain questions and he knows who he can and cannot pull that shit on exactly. so that's why i could say i can understand why they're calling him a predator yeah. right yeah. so when the whole thing first dropped i was very cynical i wasn't necessarily blame blaming the girls i'm like but y'all knew better mm-hmm. etc and um i feel like me and ariel kind of have the same outlook on that it was like i would have been left i would have yeah. not gone back i would have been i wouldn't have done xyz mm-hmm. but in the um, in, in the conversation of surviving R. Kelly, you start to kind of go back into his past and realize that he as a child was molested by his sister, mm-hmm. which is super disgusting and very oh, sad. Right. And then it starts to kind of help you not necessarily understand. I would say understand how he could have possibly turned into the perverted individual he is now. Exactly. Right. Yep. So. Um, I was at a point where I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to skip past Step in the Name of Love. I don't know if I'm going to be able to skip past any of his songs because he might be talking about a 14-year-old bitch. I'm not, right? (laughs) And then I think that that's a lot of our issue in the black community because you're asking us to cancel a very major part of our culture, whether it be his music, the music that he was a part of, Mm -hmm. the fact that a lot of his music was really... The, the 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 playlist to a lot of our memories like mm-hmm. i like i believe i can fly me and my brother would be singing like super loud my great grandmother would be like laughing and clapping and i'm sing singing with us and that's the most pure-hearted beautiful individual i know so when that song comes on i'm not thinking about r kelly i'm mm-hmm. i'm thinking about grand grand but right. now i'm having a question myself on whether or not I can still allow that song to mean what it means to me right and a lot of people are going through that right so that's kind of where I was with it what I'm still battling also understand that we live in a very microwavable era to where we feel very strongly about something for like a week and then (laughs) and then we move right past it right this is a very layered story 
and I'll be completely honest, I'm still work working through it. Like I I, I truly am. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is that Ariel, after seeing all six parts, I'm on table. I tried. Look, we streamed it, and I was like, "All right, let's see what's going on before I, I say anything." From yeah, I, I yeah, pretty much, right? Some somebody actually bought it off off iTunes for fifteen ninety. I'm like, "Y'all are dedicated." Oh, you wow. are buying it? Yeah, oh, wow. you know, it, it's a story, you know. But um, Ariel posted on Facebook about R. Kelly, or about the docu series rather. Mm-hmm. And I will say that it was one of the most thought out, well vocalized, very well spoken. And it made me understand where she, where she was coming from and helped me see the situation from a different point of view. So I'm going to share with you guys what Miss Ariel Clark wrote. <laughs> Getting into my journalist bag. Okay. <clears throat> Usually wouldn't post this. However, as someone with children, I felt the need to. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. I cannot and will not separate R. Kelly from his music after this documentary. I stopped listening to his music years ago just because of all the accusations, but now there is zero excuse. The fact that he did these inappropriate sexual acts to girls as young as 12 and had the audacity to write songs about it is sickening. In the black community, what this shit really showed me is most will turn a blind eye if the price is right, and that says a lot about the level of dysfunction that we tolerate within itself. It's bigger than music. It's the idea of someone who is in the public eye and is able to influence the masses using his stardom and what he thinks is power to exploit and manipulate little girls of color. Whether every girl involved was completely innocent or not is irrelevant because once again, that is trying to find a way to condone what was done in the grim situation. The fact that no one, no one in all caps, from his team or the industry checked him leaves a bitter taste to say the least. I agree with that. He is a pedophile and a predator and make no mistake for anyone who got a daddy, mama, cousin, uncle, brother, sister, friend who has done some shit like this. They are just wrong, period. No tea at the end because she's not ratchet. (laughs) (laughs) So, Ariel, like, again, I feel like after reading that, I was like, bro, I'm about to go join the Me Too movement. Like, (laughs) like, I feel I feel really motivated, like. So walk me through your thought process after seeing the documentary and how you were able to kind of put it all into this little paragraph here. Um, okay, so yeah, I saw a lot of speculation online. I saw a lot of people's commentary as the docuseries was unfolding. I decided to kind of take a moment to just really take it all in, watch everything, so I could just formulate a real opinion on, my, on what I felt uh, as a parent, as a woman, you know, um, after everything came to light. Because, you know, there was a lot of speculation for a long time. Absolutely. Like I said, I stopped listening to his music years ago. I mean, honestly, even when he changed his name to the Pied Piper, I was like, oh, that's fucking weird. Weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he was walking around in mass and shit. But yeah, yeah, he definitely was walking around in mass. And, you know, that whole story is like, okay, he got rid of the rats, mm-hmm. then they didn't pay him for it, so he got rid of all the children. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. That shit's weird. So the fact that he called First of all, can we just talk about how educated she is to know the whole Pie Piper story? (laughs) I just want to say, all right, back to your story. I didn't mean to take away from it. Oh, no, you really need to read a book. I'm trying to. Don't nobody read any. Bruh, I talked to people from other states. I hate to get on a tangent, but I talked to people from other states, and I'm like, y'all didn't read this book? Nah. Y'all never heard this story? Nah. What the fuck were they teaching you? (laughs) Goodness. Okay, sorry. No, no, you're good. So, So after watching the whole thing, and drawing the conclusion of where he is 
you know, versus where he was. Okay, I'll say this. Number one, I have a 12-year-old daughter. That's my oldest child. My child mm-hmm. is 12. So the fact that he could possibly be looking at her mm-hmm. in a way makes me feel a way in itself. Absolutely. Just know that if that had ever been the case in my specific situation, I'll be in we jail. wouldn't be sitting here right now. Yeah. Because <laughs> he'd be somewhere else cut up in pieces okay so anyway um but but swim with the fishes swimming wherever (laughs) but yeah he'd have to he'd have to pay for that but but all that to say yeah when i when i watched the docuseries and i really saw where he was with things what i'll say is this he definitely was victimized Mm -hmm. he definitely definitely has some mental issues with him just Mm -hmm. from the strength that his sister Mm -hmm. somebody he's supposed to trust you know look up to that's his older sister was doing something like that to him at such a young age, such an impressionable age, he's definitely a victim. Yeah. So I will not say, sit here and say that he doesn't have any shit with him or that's just something you overlook. However, the fact that he was in that situation, knew it was wrong then, mm-hmm. grew up still knowing it was wrong, and then started to perform those behaviors and those acts on other innocent people outside of you know whatever he had going on mm-hmm. is not okay mm-hmm. that makes you a predator at that point and the fact that his team was on payroll nobody took the time i mean this is fucking 20 something years later no one took the time to actually say hey bro i love you you need help yeah mm-hmm. and let me get you that help that's we why you shouldn't have forward. yes men around and you. and that's my whole problem yeah. yeah people were willing to turn a blind eye to willing to look the other way based on the fact that they were able to sustain a life of, you know, luxury mm-hmm. on his behalf. Yeah. And those demons were not deep enough for anyone to actually point a finger at him and tell him, hey, you got to you gotta stop this or I can't fuck with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody was like, well, you know. If y'all not going to say that, I ain't going to say until nothing. It goes out. Yeah. yeah. And then when he started to kind of fall off or started to not be able to financially support everyone that's when people wanted to try to expose it's whack yeah you know what i mean and it just it it really set a tone in in the black community because that's something that we overlook i mean there's a lot of that shit in our community Mm -hmm. there's a lot of shit in in the world like that but especially in the black community we definitely do not discuss that that's like one of the biggest elephants in the room Mm -hmm. for us in general so the fact that we were able to kind of be passive because his music was so popular and so prevalent in our memories and our experiences, it definitely, um, for me, didn't overshadow the fact that he's a fucking pedophile. Yeah. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And at the end of the day, if we don't address the fact that he's sick, then I don't know what we're doing as far as helping him. And and, and as far just to touch on even the victims, um, yeah, definitely. To a certain extent, you should know. To a certain extent, I definitely look at the parents like, okay, where the yeah, fuck were you? Absolutely. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, me being a parent, no. You're not, no you're not going to be able to do that. Right. It's not going to just be like, I'm banging down, I'm busting down the door. Yeah. We're going to have to figure this out. I'd be at your next concert, looking you in your face like, yeah, I'm going to be backstage looking for you. So it's just one of those things where it just, it lets you know that there was definitely a dropping of the ball when it comes to these women in general, these little right. girls in general, and the fact that they were so trusting of him because of his influence in that particular industry, that's a problem for me. Okay, Because yeah, yeah. nothing should overshadow the support and the safety and the innocence preservation of your kids, period. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I hey. Know. I feel you. Well fucking said. Um, 
one thing that I did say also, so we're talking about him being a predator and knowing what girls to try this on, etc. Mm-hmm. And um, what I don't want anybody to feel like is that I'm victim shaming because that's absolutely not what I'm doing. I just feel that um, people are getting a pass such as the parents, such as the road managers, such as the employees because like they're telling their story but y'all gotta take responsibility also and if he's going down and he has to pay y'all have to answer to some shit too because as a parent as Ari said I can't fathom allowing my 14 year old 15 year old to just be out with this man I know nothing of Mm -hmm. especially and there were parents on there that allowed their kids to be with him after the accusations Mm -hmm. and after he went on trial exactly so I just feel like y'all don't get a pass just because y'all are crying now and saying your kids are victims. You have to pay for that shit too. Mm-hmm. Period. At some point in yeah. time. And what I hope that this does is, again, let's not just totally focus on R. Kelly. The underlining thing is for our black girls to feel um, supported, to feel safe, to mm-hmm. feel that yes. they do have a voice and that they don't have to deal with shit like that exactly. because at the end of the day I feel that those girls were probably going to succumb to some kind of manipulation or abuse by some man at some point mm-hmm. in time this man just so happened to be R. Kelly right Right. because mm-hmm. you look at their background whether it be they didn't have dads their mom really wasn't present their parents were just kind of letting them do them mm-hmm. it could be I don't know ha- having daddy issues wanting to feel safe wanting to feel like or or on a survival, like I need somebody to take care of me, I need mm-hmm. m- money, whatever the issue may be. Right. I think that this has opened my mind up to be okay. We need to be better sisters, mothers, mm-hmm. friends, cousins, mentors, whatever it may be, just to be more of a positive presence inside of these young girls' lives to let them know you don't have to deal with this shit because yeah, all that right. shit is sick. Right. Even, it was like a 30-year-old woman who went to be in his sex cult Mm -hmm. and was stomping on the floor to be allowed to go pee like stuff like that it's obviously something that you got to deal with Mm -hmm. or that you need to address because couldn't be me right Right. and that and and i'm working on my ability to be empathetic to situations that i just have no understanding of Mm -hmm. because it couldn't be me but not every woman is me Mm -hmm. and we need to not shame them and try to have some kind of compassion for them but my stance is right now, everybody got to take responsibility for the role that they played in that situation. Right. Point blank, period. I agree. All right. Anything else you want to say about R. Kelly? Oh, so Ariel has said, we're canceling R. Kelly. You don't listen to his music <laughs> yeah, anymore. All day. Uh, Are we still having R. Kelly's Pandora R&B station? <laughs> now, I didn't know that this whole docu-series was in effect. I really need to stay on social media. <laughs> I must have missed all of that. All I knew was when it dropped, everybody wasn't feeling it. Yeah. That's all I knew. Yeah. But, um, no, definitely I've consciously, like, I don't listen to it. Mm-hmm. And, of course, some of the songs now that people, you know, I hear about the stories and now they mm-hmm. may be linked to what have happened in the past. It's like, oh, I feel a little uncomfortable listening to these songs. Yeah. Even Aaliyah's AJ, nothing but I never listened to the lyrics until like, the docuseries. Like, yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, that, that, that wasn't right. Like, I don't think she should have been singing that. Absolutely not. But, yeah, like, somebody wrote off on it when she was making it, yep. singing it, practicing it. Yep. And they was like, yep. You should do this. Yeah. R. Kelly, I think he was probably the one behind the whole song. Absolutely, yeah. So it's like, 
So nobody was like, hmm, this girl is out here singing. This what she's fourteen or something at that yeah. time. Fourteen, yeah. mm-hmm. talking about age ain't nothing but a number. Mm, somebody should have checked that. Yeah, as a parent, I would have checked that. Like, wait a minute, bitch, yeah. age is a number. <laughs> yeah, age is more wait than a, a number. Minute, right. What do you mean? Yeah, but everybody. It seemed like everybody was trying to get a little piece of the money. Absolutely, it's always money behind it. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. They were just like, okay, this is my way to do this. Yeah, right. like one of the girls in the video saying, you know, he kissed me, and I was like, oh my god, it's so uncomfortable. But why did you go started, back? You still went back to him. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Like why? But people have this dream and they want to succeed. And mm-hmm. I'm all about you chasing your dreams, but make sure that you know. The roads that lead to that dream aren't gonna mess up your dignity and your morals. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And if you ain't got no morals, find somebody that do and let them help you. Find yeah, them. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. absolutely. Because you should. No woman should succumb to a man and feel like they can only survive because right. of a man. Absolutely. Right. And when I have my stance on this, like I hope nobody's like, oh, like people are turning a blind eye or needs turning a blind eye because it's black girls involved because like that because that was another argument they was like had this been a bunch of 14 15 16 year old white girls it would have been a completely different wow. instance and yeah um <laughs> i was gonna say um society would have cared a little bit more which i know that they would have but my whole thing is i keep that same energy with everything like mm-hmm. like like even with the little white actresses that were speaking up about the me too moment i was mm-hmm. again it was hard for me to empathize with that because i don't feel that i want anything enough to be like i'm gonna sleep with you to possibly get it yeah Yeah. like you're telling me i should sleep with you to get this part i'm Mm -hmm. gonna do it because i want a career that bad nah bruh nah and it all comes down to women feeling like they have another path knowing that they are supported and that you don't have to give up sexual favors to get further in your career yeah period that is the nature of the industry as well because Mm -hmm. that is another beast in itself like they call it the casting couch like that shit is real Mm -hmm. people do not hold anyone uh nobody is exempt from that kids mm-hmm. no one and and that's something that's being exposed at a very slow pace if you ask me because my mom was telling me about this shit from when she was in the industry and this mm-hmm. was in the fucking 80s yeah and, and still- i feel like even that so th- this is going to open up a whole bunch of side conversations mm-hmm. but again the docuseries has opened up a big can of worms pretty much and now mm-hmm. you have to kind of go layer by layer to talk right. about everything that's going on. Right. So do we feel like the people should be held accountable because we know it's hard to be the only one coming out to confess something, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why the Me Too movement kind of went so fast because women found strength in hearing other women come out so now they mm-hmm. feel comfortable coming out. Yeah. So, so, so do we hold any kind of remorse for the people who didn't come out back then because it wasn't, it wasn't what a lot of people were doing. Right. I mean, I hold people accountable to the regard of if you feel like it's wrong, if you think it's wrong, if you're in a place where you know within yourself that that's not comfortable for you or you know that you shouldn't be doing X, Y, and Z and you continue mm-hmm. to involve yourself in those activities, yeah, yeah, you should be accountable because at that point, that's a choice. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's one thing to be manipulated and people do that every day. People are mm-hmm. manipulated every fucking day. But when you know the manipulation, you're aware of it, you've told somebody about it, you've tried to seek counsel about it and you're still just like dwelling in it on your own accord yeah that's a whole different situation because mm-hmm. at that point you're deciding that even though it's not okay it's okay 
I'm just going to act like it's okay, even though it's obviously not okay. Exactly. Gotcha. But, like, that's the thing. Like, why are you why are you turning a blind eye to it? Because I'm getting paid. That's the probably the thing. I need, I need more details mm-hmm. on to why exactly y'all was, saw this happening and nobody was like, you know, maybe we should, as a group, do something about right, this. Right, right. Like, I don't, I don't know. That's just And then the sex call... Like, power is in numbers. Why didn't the three girls be like, R. Kelly, we're sick of this shit. I'm exactly. about to tie you up. And yes, we're gonna exactly. But then that's the thing with the... with Because it's all a psychological thing. At, like, at the end of the day, the fact that a man can get into a woman's brain and have her seriously feel like she has to ask permission to do everything mm-hmm. and yes. can't leave her room unless she knocks a million in yeah. one time. Like, that shit is really sick to me. Yeah. It is. It's, it's, it's crazy. And that's, that's just another form of pimping. Yeah. All right, so how do we feel about this kind of now? Everybody's questioning the Jay-Z and Beyonce relationship. They said Jay-Z was or met Beyonce when she was 16, and that's oh. when they started, like, talking and dating. Yeah. They were talking about Diddy's son. Um, J- Justin's mom was 16 when yep. um, when she had him. Yep. So are we going to start prosecuting everybody, or are we just focusing on R. Kelly because he had a sex call and there's a Lifetime series? <laughs> Now that's a good question. That needs to be a poll out there. <laughs> yeah, like, 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 what are we doing? Because I honestly didn't even think about all that, but now that you brought it up, yeah, those are some, those are some interesting little probably because, yeah, in there, like, see, and even Jay Z and Foxy Brown. Yeah, she was also sixteen. 16. Yeah. I mean, uh, as far as that's concerned, for me, I feel like it is gonna bring exposure to all of this shit because that's yeah. what I'm saying. That's the industry itself. Yeah, and unfortunately. In that particular industry, the people who hold the power make the rules, mm-hmm. and that's just how it goes. Mm-hmm. And if you want to pay, if you want to play, you gotta pay. And most mm-hmm. of the time, for women, is with that thing. So, thing, thing. Mm-hmm. right, so it is what it is. Yeah, and and it sucks because it it does again make you look at the parents like, okay, so were you just gonna like ride this shit till the wheels fall off? Because mm-hmm. you know that if you invest in your kid, you don't have to do shit. Like, what does this mm-hmm. really mean? You know yeah. what I'm saying? And why would why was everyone so uh okay with this type of a structure you know what i mean i mean shit even going to a whole nother side of things you can think about usher when he first came out he was under diddy's wing mm. when he was what 14 mm-hmm. pretty sure he got turned out then like, <laughs> pretty sure let's be real about yeah that. and Absolutely. that's the industry itself it's like it's a whole nother thing like they don't really look at age they just look at where you're at what you're doing and how much talent you have and, and what take sales you, where you need to yeah. go yeah, but how you won't pay for make, that. How much they can make from your talent. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up Usher. So then that brings up an e- even another conversation of how we don't address the molestation of of, of boys in the oh, same yes. manner that we address young girls being exposed to sex at a very early age. come out until as, way later. Yeah. 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 If they talk about women come out later, yeah. men won't say nothing until they they. 50 or they had right. Right. Like, right. because almost in their mind they've been programmed to think oh like it's cool that I got to pipe down yeah. like a like yeah. a woman early or whatever yes. that shit is just a sitch yeah. it's weird it's yeah. just weird and, it's, and then you have to think about like I said that industry it's so convoluted <laughs> in itself because you're not even we're not even going to the point where it's men on men or women on women mm-hmm. like we're not even there yeah yet. we're just talking we're about just talking yeah. about what's being exposed and right. it's a lot like you said there are hella layers to this shit mm-hmm. and to be completely honest there are a lot of people who are willing to sell out because at the end of the day they'll have those accolades they'll have mm-hmm. those connections and 
honestly, like I've been saying this for years, it's like I feel like it's a form of blackmail. It's like they'll get you here so that you can go to the next level. Mm-hmm. But it's like what do you pay in that, you know, mm-hmm. in those levels that you're advancing to? And usually mm-hmm. it's your innocence. Period. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like know. selling your soul to the devil. Period. <laughs> That's what they say. Yeah, the yeah, whole industry yeah. is like, selling your soul. Yeah, well, that, that, that <laughs> shit right there. Yeah, it's it's fucked up. And there are a lot of men who have been taken advantage of. Um, mm-hmm. I have some friends personally who have gone through experiences with family members and their men, and they didn't come out until they were well out of their twenties. Mm-hmm. You know, it's That's just crazy. one of those things. That's another thing. Like we we don't know everybody's story. And another right. thing too that I was telling myself before this whole thing is like oh so why they wait so long truthfully you can't tell somebody when the right time is for them to come out and tell their story like like they they have to be ready they have to be willing to work through those different emotions because because a lot of time we go through these traumatic experience and we carve and we compartmentalize these things and we shove it to the back of our brain and to our psyche to where we don't deal with it. So so to have to retell that story and kind of relive those experiences can be very difficult. So who am I to tell her, oh, you should have said something right then. Mm -hmm. But me as a mother, I just want Jade to know, first of all, always know that you can come talk to me about anything. Mm-hmm. This is an open dialogue space, and I'm going to listen to what you say and t- take it seriously. Don't ever feel like you're you're going to bring something to me and feel like I'm not going to listen. Because like right. that was another thing. Like R. Kelly's brother was like, he was scared to come to his mom about his sister molesting him because it was his sister, mm-hmm. and he felt like his mother wasn't going to believe him. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why a, a lot of people don't say anything. So I think. We just have to make sure that we are creating a space within our personal lives and within our social circle to low like, hey, I'm here. Yep. I am your support system. Absolutely. Feel free to come and tell me and then we'll work through it. I may not have the answers, but I would, but I can guarantee to you that I will help you work through it. Right. Point blank period. And then you have to also think about it. It's an embarrassment. You have to think about it from the standpoint of when they get to a point where they know that it was wrong, mm-hmm. they knew that it was wrong. Mm-hmm. So then it's like you got to forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. All of those things, it's a like lot. you said, that they don't even consider or they don't even want to speak about. They don't want to answer questions. They don't mm-hmm. want to, you know, they don't even want to be accountable for it. So they're like, we just going to act like it didn't happen. It didn't happen at all. But then in their actions and their behaviors and their aggression, mm-hmm. usually, you'll be able to tell. So for. What 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 would we ultimately like to see from the surviving R. Kelly for R. Kelly specifically? Do we want him to go to jail? Do we just want his music to be can't like? Do we want him to not be able to make any more money from his music? What do well, we also want? Not gonna make no more money after right. his well, music went up sixteen percent for now. For now, after he this? was in a club singing and the girls were screaming out, "Take me hostage!" Yeah, oh, that's for wow. now. We gonna see. You gotta remember though, there's some sick individuals out here. And then there's people <laughs> like 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 I feel like we've been able to digest it, look mm-hmm. at it for what it is, yeah. be able to be like, all right, he's sick, like he needs some yeah. fucking yeah. help. Yeah. And there's some people that I still feel like, oh like 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 I saw people posting the age of consent inside of other countries. I don't give a fuck <laughs> about what they're doing in Brazil or Italy. We we're talking about here. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, there's 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 people who are justifying the actions and again, wanting to say like the the girls knew what was up and Mm. saying that it was all for a check that 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 they're finally coming out. So 
I don't necessarily believe he's going to be 100% canceled. I want jail time for him. I think he has done this long enough. The fact that pretty much I found out in the beginning that he's pretty much a pussy, like, in real time. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> like, in real time? Yeah, but the fact that he's, like, had goons and people who have condoned this bullshit over, over this amount of, you know, space that he's been able to collect these souls for like a better <laughs> like term. Souls. Like he has to pay for that shit. And honestly, he should be damn lucky that street justice wasn't served on him first. Absolutely. Cause I was having so my dad is real petty, so we was having a conversation. He was like, all right, Neen, bye, and stay the fuck away from R. Kelly, and just hung up. I was like, first of all. <laughs> so then I call him, and then we end up having, like, a real serious conversation about R. Kelly, and he was like, you know, at the end of the day, R. Kelly's sick. We can we can just go ahead and say that he's wrong. He he um, um he needs to pay, pay for that. But he's like, yo, as a parent, could you imagine if I would have known that you were in a hotel room with R. Kelly? I would have been busting through doors, exactly. windows, roofs. Like exactly. he like I I would be in prison right now. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so um he should have been gotten. T- so that just was aiding to your point. He should have been gotten touched. Mm-hmm. What if yes. if well, y'all well, really cared about y'all? <laughs> shit would have went down. You know what I'm, <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm if y'all really cared about you. And and I don't like I don't want to say they didn't care about their kids, but I'm gonna say they didn't care about about their kids. If y'all really cared about y'all kids, it wouldn't have gone on for as long as it did. I, feel I think like. they were fearful of the backlash. You know, you don't know who got who on payroll. So absolutely, absolutely. Officers on payroll. I, yeah, like um, they you were telling him when yeah. they were gonna start doing the wellness checks. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you have to be careful as far as that's concerned. But yeah, it wouldn't have been shit that he could have said to me, done to me. I'd have been like, oh, I'll haunt you in your dreams, even if you kill me. Like <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Bad. I might have had to fall yeah, for it, yeah. but listen, you would have known that I'm not the one to fuck you gotta with. Remember me? Yeah, that. absolutely. I feel like I keep trying to wrap it up, but then we keep like it's just again, it's just layers. <laughs> it's, la- it's, it's layers to this thing. So yeah, it's more to it. It's more to it. I'll probably have something else to say about it it's next week. The tip of the iceberg. Absolutely. Yeah, more under the water. Right. People don't even know. It's yeah, like, oh exactly. And I just want everybody who's popping off like hella hard right now keep that same energy because mm-hmm. if next week y'all are talking about some petty like rap beef and that's consuming more energy than this issue right here, which is ultimately our black girls feeling safe, then I'm gonna have to look at you sideways. Right. So I'm saying. Right. So I'm saying. Mm-hmm. All right. So. What I will say, oh, sorry. Okay. No, 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 that's fine. What no, I no, will no. say is, yeah. I would be surprised if he allows himself to be uh, reprimanded for this. Like, I would be surprised if he lets himself go to jail for this. If, if he He's just, not going to let himself go. Yeah. No, I'm talking about even on a level of, like, if he took something and he just decided to just be part of his own demise, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> oh, I see what you're you saying. You heard it here first. <laughs> Hot take. Just saying. Hot take. All right, so that concludes our conversation about pop culture. I truly appreciate you ladies' input. Look at us having a civilized conversation and stuff. <laughs> Look at all, us all woke and stuff. So, um, yeah, so that concludes pop culture. That concludes surviving R. Kelly. And um, on to our introspective moment. Introspective moments with Nina. All right, all right. So this week's introspective moment is entitled The Adventures of April and Samantha, a.k.a. Janine and Ariel, my best friend. So 
Um, yeah, we have just, since we've become best friends, have had this unspoken of parallel life that we refer to as the adventures of April and Samantha. Yes, because my parents, my mom wanted to name me Samantha just so she can call me Sam, which is so crazy <laughs> to me. But my grandma was like, no, name her Ariel. I think the movie came out, like, sort of around that time. So, yeah, so here I am, Ariel, but... Samantha with April over here, <laughs> and it's been some great times. Yeah, so my mom was going to name me April because I was born in April. There's no deeper <laughs> meaning or story. <laughs> I wish I had a better story, but nope, <laughs> it was going to be April because my birthday's in April. But yeah, so whenever we would be going through our little adventures around the stupid, stupid north side or whatever, hey. and you know, it's just things went left. Oh, that was April, that was April and Samantha. <laughs> Another one for the books, April and Samantha, right? So I wanted to have a conversation with Ariel today because we've been best friends for a super long time. Mm. Met my girl in the spring of 2006, we're in 2019. Mm. Could you imagine how time time flies? It's amazing. Yeah, be around this time because we met like second semester. Absolutely. After the winter break. Yes, this is monumental. (laughs) Definitely this was perfect timing so yeah so met in 2006 we're gonna talk about that story because we didn't just meet like oh best friends high five oh, I, apparently no. it was a process but we'll get into that later <laughs> um but i definitely wanted to have the conversation because to have known her since 2006 this has been my best friend all of my craziest stories usually are like so me and ariel right <laughs> <laughs> most of the crazy ones yeah you know, involve her and for us to have literally grown up together in some of the most pivotal moments in time at the most impressionable moments of time for us to have grown together and to be adults and still best friends and for us to be able to sit here and have this conversation is amazing. And it's amazing. I know touching, huh? Look at that. Tugging at the heartstrings, but no, it's, it's, it's for real because um, I don't know, we live in this era where you just see a lot of dysfunction when it comes to girls. Yeah. It's always a competition, it's always some catty shit. Oh, we're friends, but not really, yeah. you know? And um, I don't know, I, I've, for whatever reason, I guess it was. it's hard for people to get to this point, yeah. to be friends for this long. So let's talk about how we're able to do it. <laughs> <laughs> how have you been able to put up with me for this long? Oh, man. All right, so... I went on the internet, on the World Wide Web, and pulled up some questions to basically ask your best friend to see how well we know each other, right? So we're just going to throw some things out. Um, how and when did we first meet, Ariel? Well, well, you said we met in <laughs> the spring of 2006, and you know, for those who may not know, Janine is this gorgeous. Oh my goodness. Venezuelan black female that just showed up in my high school with green eyes and it was just like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) all the boys flocked to her like it was this is terrible so you know um you know we had a group of girls so they was like no you shouldn't invite her over to the table it's like okay at lunch and then we invited you in. Apparently, there was an initiation period. <laughs> Had no idea this is what we went through. Hey, you know, it's high school. <laughs> we 
we went to middle school together, so you know we kind of the group I was already with. So you was really the new person. So you know it is what it is. But you know me, and you had a interesting connection. <laughs> we not we're not lesbians, guys. That's what absolutely but not. Have never. I been. really, I me and Janine have we really have an interesting. It's literally yin and yang. Like, we're completely different, but we're all the same. Oh, it was definitely some interesting times where I'm like, how am I her best friend? Like, she's (laughs) the complete opposite of me. She's so happy. She's so giggly. She's so friendly. And I'm like, if you speak to me, I'll speak to you, but I'm not going to speak to you. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm not. All right. So, I think that was a really good introduction to basically how we met. So, we're just going to throw some things out. Um, What is your favorite color? Purple. Yes. Yes. Go me. What is my favorite color? Okay. okay. Just <laughs> Um, favorite food. Um, jeez, you like a lot of food. <laughs> oh, shots fired. No, but I really do. I love all foods. I mean, yeah. Um, something Latin. Uh, hold on. I don't want to say tacos like enchilada. No, not enchiladas. Arepas. That's what you're trying to yes. say. Yes. Yeah. See? You know I'm me. Close. I don't know what your favorite food is, Ariel. You like I don't want to just say pizza, but <laughs> no, potatoes. Yes. Anyway, potatoes. Boom, I knew it. Okay. Um What annoys your best friend the most? Okay, this is simple with Ariel, but it's really not simple. Ariel is annoyed by anything that is a waste of time. And what a waste of time what that definition is just depends on her mood that day. Whatever is a waste of time for her is like this is some bullshit. Oh, and don't be on some silly stuff either. What? Uh, well, yeah, I would, yeah. <laughs> so that's a very broad it's thing, but it's just the most disrespectful thing you can do to somebody. She's from the Bronx, so uh, time well, is not of leisure, apparently. My family's from the Bronx. I don't know, like I don't know what to classify myself. My family's from the Bronx. I was raised in Atlanta, but I'm Caribbean at heart. <laughs> it's just a whole bundle. So you know, it's just you know, I am who I am. But yeah. All right. Um, favorite season? Fall. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it's like the perfect weather where like, you can like wear like a jean jacket and it's enough. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's 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 great. All right. Um, all these other things are stupid. Um, your I mean blah. I don't know who your first kiss was. I feel like is that something we should know? Nope. We're going to move on. <laughs> All right. So, sitting <laughs> right along. Favorite sports? You really like football? I do. You like basketball as well? I do. Yeah. So, pretty much covers all of them. You don't. Pr- yeah. Maybe soccer now? No. Atlanta United. Yay. Yes. Go Falling team. That cup for the city. Gotcha. And then, last but not least, what is the craziest thing we did? Literally, all my craziest. What is the craziest things we, thing we did? The craziest thing? Well, bruh. I don't know if it's the craziest thing. It's just the craziest situation. Yeah. <laughs> the craziest I situation. I would like you to go first, please. <sighs> that hotel party, man. Well, yes. When you was my rider, bruh. At the end Always. Of the day, you was on my April and Samantha. Side, I and remember. 
Even when your mom showed up at my house, banging on the door. <laughs> <laughs> this is terrible. But no, I remember this. She was so mad. So basically what happened was, without disclosing too many details, this was the summer before Southern. This is our summer before going to college. (laughs) And, you know, people were having summer parties. And we decided, damn it, I'm I'm going to college. I'm grown. We should go deserve a party too. And so basically, it was a group of us. us. It was a group of gals and um, went out even though we weren't, well, I wasn't supposed to. I completely lied. (laughs) <laughs> I was not supposed to go um, But yeah we all went out And um, things went left People called parents People were crying outside Just feeling like they were in an unsafe environment I don't know I don't remember exactly why But it turned out into a complete fiasco And at the end of the night A car full of <laughs> I'm sorry, was, was it an SUV at the time? <laughs> yes, yes, an always. SUV full of girls Returned home with just April and Samantha Yes <laughs> and that was I think that was the start of just yeah, my craziest situation was getting pulled over on Jimmy Carter oh, going back to Southern <laughs> <laughs> like that listen was so me you and Ty oh my god shout out to Ty my other bestie oh my god yeah no that could have been so loud yeah but you know I pray a lot. So. <laughs> um, not gonna disclose too many details. Just know. <laughs> Again, <laughs> got pulled over over what a, a tail light. Oh, oh, tail light. Um, this was when Wiz Khalifa mixtapes was popping in the streets. Ooh, this is like 2000. That's all we're gonna say. And uh, uh, cops was pulled off. Like, hey, do you have a hint of anything illegal nope. drugs? Oh, Absolutely like, oh, not. No. <laughs> Absolutely, Absolutely not. not. Excuse me. That could have went left, and uh, it didn't. <laughs> and it did not. So that was a crazy oh moment for God. me. So nice for a little icebreaker questions, but because we've been able to remain friends for so long, we've seen each other go through adolescence. We became, quote-unquote, grown women together. We went to college together, and we're at a point where we're like adults, and we're figuring out life. What do you think helped us be able to get past every growing phase and still remain friends? Um, Same taste in alcohol, different taste in men. Boom. Put that on a bumper sticker. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Um, No, for real. Um. I guess because we were pretty honest and we just kept communicating with each Absolutely. other. Absolutely. Communication is key at the end of the day. Communication rules the nation. You know, I'd be like, you good? I'm good. You good? Yeah. So, but uh, well, since she had Jade, I've been like, <laughs> my best friend's a mom. This is crazy. Like, um, I wanted to do it with you, but um, that wasn't my plan. Baby number two. Yes. <laughs> We're going to knock her baby number two and my baby number one, hopefully, if God will it. But we shall see. All right. So. <laughs> but, yeah, so we'll see. Jude just got home, people. Interrupting the podcast. My dog is excited. Well, that concludes this week's episode. <laughs>
was this week's episode of What I Think About This Week. Best friend, thank you for having the conversation with me. I just do want you to know that I truly value our friendship and the fact that we've been able to grow together and still remain very close. Ariel, I really appreciate you for coming on today, being a part of the conversation, shedding your light on the R. Kelly situation and just the total conversation. I really appreciate you. Make sure y'all check out Ariel on Check Please podcast. Also, she is the ganja snob. Be on the lookout for her pop-up shops and some things in the future. My dog is losing her mind right now. <laughs> she is very excited you just got home. And Ariel, make sure you follow her page, Black Vibes Worldwide. Go get flued out with Ariel. That's not her real slogan, guys. I just like to say it. <laughs> I just like to say it. But... As always, I hope you have a great week and thank you so much for coming to kick it with me with a little bit of classy fuckery and I will check you next week on what I think about this week.